This is your boy Jay Will with J&J Sports Nation. Congratulations to the Texas Longhorns for winning the NIT. Big congratulations to the Bailey Baylor Lady Bears women's basketball team for winning the Women's National Championship. And shout out to the Virginia winning the Men's NCAA Championship. Congratulations to all those universities and uh, all the hard work that have been put in for that over the you know this past season, uh, you know, in achieving the top prize for all that hard work. That's why you put in that work, and that's why at the end of the day, uh, you can be called a champion. So congratulations to all of those involved in those universities, those teams, the coaches. The whole nine, congratulations, congratulations, congrats. And also, this past Wednesday was the WNBA draft. Congratulations to all those young ladies who are moving on to the next segment of their careers. Um, Their fans uh, definitely appreciated them from their prospective universities. And now they're going to take their talents to the next level. So congratulations, best of uh, careers to each and every one of you young ladies. Congratulations. Now, with that being said, Super Bowl done. Senior Bowl done. Combines done. Pro Days done. What's left? The NFL Draft. Really hadn't been looking a lot. Been just kind of keeping a, um, you know, a hands-off approach, so to speak. What I mean by that, I'll. Watch a few things here. I did get an opportunity to watch some of the combine, you know, the combine. Um, I'm pretty much, when it comes to the NFL, I follow pretty much year-round, I guess, if you want to say. Um, big fan of college football, so I watch college football. Of course, the bowl games, championship games. And um, once again, congratulations to Clemson and uh, for winning the college uh, national championship. And at the end of the day, you know, you kind of, that kind of flows into the Super Bowl. Of course, you know, Patriots won again. And so the offseason truly begins, uh, all that work. And uh, so now, which brings us up to the NFL draft, you know, you have all these prospects that are, you know, seeking to prove themselves at the next level. In the U.S., football will always be king. They call baseball the national pastime? Probably so. However, when it comes to football, it is king. So with that being said, the NFL draft is going to take place on the 25th, the 26th, and 27th of April, which we are pretty much just weeks away from that taking place in Nashville. Uh, we just want to, you know, I want to talk a little bit about it. And the reason being is because at the end of the day, hey, it's a sports show. We talk about sports. So, with that being said, I saw an article here um, in NFL.com uh, by Bucky Brooks. And he talks a little bit about the top five. He, well, his personally, his top five. And what I like to do here is just kind of look at, take one out. And one of the ones I want to really talk about because everybody's been talking about him, is Kyler Murray. You know, it's funny because the league used to be, when I say used to be, meaning that I've watched NFL for quite some time, pretty much, you know, over 20 years or so or more. 
And I remember when you had these big, gigantic guys. I mean, just big guys. And at the end of the day, there are stats upon stats upon stats about what a quarterback should look like, the measurements, so on and so forth. Uh, of course, if you are a um, a fan of, of football, just NFL football, you remember Doug Flutie. Said he was too small. Eventually got a shot, made some of it. Then from there, you, you, you kind of, move on years on down the road, then you get a guy by the name of Drew Brees, short guy. Then you come around, then, you know, his follow-up with a guy by the name of Russell Wilson, same thing. And you get these quarterbacks that are not traditional. And to tell you the truth, they're anything but traditional. Uh, but Brees have been able to do it for a long period of time. Um, Russell Wilson came in, won a Super Bowl within, you know, uh, you know, relatively early in his career. And so now we look at Kyler Murray. You know, uh, people, uh, they, they kind of mentioned, you know, I, I saw in, in, in past, they talk about the dual threat quarterbacks and that you can't do a lot of running as you can, you know, in college. Um, you know, people like to point to RG3, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, track, you know, he's a track guy. Um, let me take that back. He was a track guy that also did football and did it well, you know. So, but now we're looking at dual threat quarterbacks, which is a new term. Lamar Jackson went last year to the Ravens and, you know, uh, proved that, A, he can be a, a starting caliber uh, quarterback. Uh, but when we come back to Kyler Murray, it talks about what? Everything always revolves around his size, revolves around his height. And the one thing that, you know, it really tickles me a lot because it's always the issue of height, the issue of this, issue of that. Now, if the NFL has never had a quarterback, his stature, that never had any success, we can understand that. But there's a few examples that show that he could be successful at the next level, provided, and here's the caveat to everything, you have to put weapons around him. You know, the one thing I do love about, um, uh, the one thing I do love about uh, franchises who recognize and realize that, hey, I got a, I got a guy back here. I got a brand new quarterback. I got a rookie quarterback. I need to be able to get him some, some weapons because he has to get comfortable. You have quarterbacks who have been shell-shocked uh, because what? They don't have the right weapons around them. They don't right, run the right scheme. And that's another thing that I never understood either. You know, hey, I'm going to draft this quarterback. I'm drafting him. Once I draft him, guess what? I want to fit him into my system. That doesn't work today. And most of you are probably saying, well, hey, that's the way it goes. I understand. Well, maybe you won't have any success. And then on top of that, you just push your franchise back maybe a couple of years. So at the end of the day, when it comes to a quarterback at the level of Kyler Murray, a, a, a great talent, because he you know came from UC Oklahoma and he broke my heart because he played for the Big 12 title against Texas and uh, did him in. And, you know, we got him, but he came back and got us when it, when it mattered. But at the end of the day, so we have to 
make a change in how we view because now there's the term specialist, you know, dual threat quarterback, you know, pocket passer, game manager, all these different terms. But at the end of the day, if you put, and I don't care who you are, I don't. You have to have some talent, though. You got to work with something. You can't work with nothing, but you have to have some talent. And this young man is ultra talented. If you get the right weapons around him, you get a good, strong defense. You know, I believe, you know, uh, sky's the limit for him. But if you bring him to the team and say, hey, we got a guy and we're just going to have him run with what we got, you got to put weapons around him. Because to try to put that all on his shoulders as a rookie, some are capable of doing that, some are not. I'm not saying he's not capable, just saying that that's a, a, a tall order, especially when you go to a team that when the cover's dry. So at the end of the day, Colin Murray, I believe he's going to be an outstanding talent going forward. All right. You know, uh, with the receiving class, they say it's a pretty decent receiving class this year, big body receivers. One of the, guy, one of the um, receivers, DK Metcalf, is another receiver that I'm looking at, and that guy is well put together, to say the least. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, these receivers, and I think I kind of, I, I don't know if I talked about that, but we just mentioned earlier about how the NFL has changing, is steady changing. And so since it's changing, guess what happens when it changes? The position changes too. So you go to uh, positions such as um, the receivers. The receiver position, you might have had mm, maybe one or two uh, receivers who were big-bodied receivers. What I mean by that? Big-bodied receivers such as um, six, let's say six three ish, you know. But then, of course, for those of you who uh, who have been around football a while, you know your Calvin Johnson, Megatron, big guy. You know you got receivers coming out now who are six five. You know, big. I mean, big, big, big guys. So I'm saying that to say that it's like an evolution. You're getting these tall receivers, right? But when you get tall receivers, is he going to be a tall, fast receiver? Is he going to be a possession receiver? What kind of receiver is he going to be? Well, with DK Metcalf, it was funny. I've read a story, uh, uh, which I didn't know his dad wound up playing for the Chicago Bears, and uh, <laughs> which is my team. And so... You know what a small world, but you know for this 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 um, for this uh, young man here, you know sky's the limits for him. Uh, I read his story. It's a it's it's a awesome story. I read it off of uh, out of uh, NFL dot com. I think they did a draft spotlight, and uh, just an amazing young man. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, you know, young brother. I mean, when you look at what he you know his his role. To get into where he is, he worked hard. Um, you know, it's funny because I didn't, I uh, didn't get an opportunity. I kind of like I said earlier, I, I uh, recorded the um, NFL Combine, but I hadn't looked at uh, the receiver portion. So uh, I'm gonna probably take a look at that because they were talking about how, you know, he ran a great time, and he was overcome with emotion. And you know, at the end of the day, when you work hard and you put in that type of work. 
you should expect great things to happen. And I just believe for DK Metcalf, the best is yet to come for him. Um, at the end of the day, hey, he's going to be a great pro, uh, and he's going to uh, help a franchise uh, to the top. I just believe that. I just believe that. All right, to a subject I love to talk about, but it's been really, really noted. It's a, it's a position group that has never really got its just due uh, in the college uh, arena, uh, and that's the tight end groups. Uh, they have, this year, they say it's going to be a really good crop of tight ends. But uh, one of the things that I think about uh, out of all the tight ends, you know, Irv Smith from Alabama, um, Great, great player, uh, great collegiate player. Um, of course, when you look at you know Noah Fant and uh, uh, his um, teammate uh, T.J. Hawkinson, both out of Iowa, you know, great, great picks. You know, great, you know, great prospects coming out. And so, one of the things I think about your Gronks, um, Antonio Gates, of course. Um, oh man, I'm trying to blank one of the top ones. Anyway, you know, some great tight ends out there, you know, um, anyway, I can't think of it. I don't know if first name is Benjamin, but anyway, uh, you know, great tight ends out there. When you think about great teams, they have great tight ends, you know, and, you know, don't want to make, put this plug out here, but I'll put a plug out here for the, uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys, you know, and Jason Witten, you know, good tight end, been a good tight end for, for some years, great possession type, you know, tight end. Uh, but in college, they never really utilized the tight end as much. Um, and I just never understood why. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But in the NFL draft this year, Great tight end is going to be coming out. Like I said, T.J. Hawkinson, everybody's looking at him as being the number one. Bucky Brooks have him listed as number one um, because at the end of the day, you know, he posed a, a what we call a dual threat, blocking and, 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 and pass catching. And so at the end of the day, that position really has transitioned over the years as well because, you know, back in the day, tight ends were just more notably as blockers, you know, your extra blocker on the line. Uh, but now uh, it's been revolutionized to, hey, you know, he is just, just another weapon um, out there on the, you know, for the offense. So um, there's going to be a great, great, great uh, opportunity for these uh, tight ends coming out to be able to make big contributions to their to their uh, NFL teams. So. All right. One of the things that I just kind of really never paid, put too much stock in in my early years of watching uh, pro ball was the offensive and defensive lines. You know, just like, ah, oh, guys, just doing whatever. But the older I got, the more knowledge I acquired by asking, looking, uh, as a you know, as it represents the offensive line. Without the offensive line, especially in today's game, you're going nowhere fast. And... You know, when they talk about Juwan Taylor, they call him a people mover. You know, you got Andre Dillard uh, out of Washington State, uh, great pass protector. You know, you got Cody Ford, great, great prospects coming out. And at the end of the day, you can never have enough guys 
on the offensive line, premium talent. You're gonna need that if you're. I mean, if you're really serious about going to the playoffs and making you know hay into the playoffs, you're gonna have to have great offensive and defensive line. So, you know, with that being said, um, another great group that's coming out. Um, going to go ahead and talk about some of the D tackles. Quentin Williams, uh, Alabama. Um, Ed Oliver, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Ed, I guess. Ed Oliver, I seen him, I think it was maybe two two seasons ago, because um, he is a junior, about two seasons ago, when uh, then uh, the uh, head coach uh, for, you know, University of Houston, of course now the uh, head coach for the Texas Longhorns now, um, you know, he was coaching uh, there, and man, when I saw how disruptive uh, Ed Oliver was, when I saw how he was just getting after it, I was like, and he was a freshman, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, true freshman, something like that. And, um, I mean, it was just unreal uh, how ultra-talented this guy is. And, you know, at the next level, uh, once again, he's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, make his hay off of uh, getting after the quarterback. So great, great talent. Uh, Christian Wilkinson out of Clemson, you know. Uh, also, you know, Dexter Lawrence from Clemson. You know, those guys, you know, battled with Alabama, you know, you, you know, year after year, it seemed like. And now they are, you know, making, you know, making that transition. And I believe that those guys are going to have great careers as well at the next level. All right. Edge rushers. Edge is the new term, as I said about earlier. You know, things changed. The new term is edge. You got Nick Bosa, you Josh Allen, Rashawn Gary, Montez Sweat, and um, I hope I don't butcher up his name. I think it's Selen Farrell. If I did, sorry about that. Anyway, um, I remember Nick Bosa, Rashawn Gary, uh, you know, back when they were coming out of high school. You know, signing with their prospective schools. And wow, man, time was going by real fast. But anyway, Rasheen Gary, you know, a lot of people, they talk about, you know, he didn't have the type of career he should have in, in, in college. But at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, he was effective where he needed to be effective. And uh, I just believe at the next level, you know, he's going to get the right coaching um, to be able to take that game to the level that everybody expects him to be at. Nick Bosa. You know, brother already in the league, you know, Joyce, you know, wreaking havoc over there and, uh, you know, San Diego. And so at the end of the day, um, these guys, when they come in, they have to come in and they don't have the luxury, quote unquote, just coming in and sitting back. When the league is all about getting after the quarterback, you know, when you're term edge, you got to live up to that building. So I believe Nick will, uh, as well as Rasheen, uh, will live up to that building. Uh, to make it happen for their teams. So, all right. Um, I'm going to go to my, I'm going to the, the cornerbacks. You know, you got, you know, Brian Murphy, Reedy Williams, um, also uh, DeAndre uh, Baker and uh, Lonnie, you know, Lonnie Johnson. And, you know, what I'm looking at, a lot of times I'll look at, you know, from these DBs is, you know, how do they, Matchup. Now I talked earlier about the receivers. These are big body receivers. We're talking about six, you know, six, 
uh, three, six, four. Uh, of course, you got you know uh, one. You know what they want us to receive group is about five ten. But when you got these big body receivers, and you got plenty of them in the league. You know how does these? You know how well the cornerbacks, these DBs, come out? How are they going to be prepared to take on? You know these um, big boys. Um, now, you know now known as wide receivers, but you know they, they look like tight ends. So. Um, it's just going to be one of those deals where, you know, they got to get after it. So, and at the end of the day, you're just looking at to see if any of these will be what we call what the NFL, the league calls, not me, but what the league calls shutdown corners. Will they be able to hold up uh, at the point of attack? Will someone be starting in a slot? You know, will they be, be able to hold down the slot? So, at the end of the day, you just want to make sure that, um, you know, as they come out, that, you know, these cornerbacks, of course, they're the top of the top. They're the best of the best. So um, just be able to hold hold up um, against these receivers, you know, in the league. So And so really, like I said, at the end of the day, you know, the, the draft, uh, you know, you're always going to have what I call the Cinderella. It's not nice the Cinderella, the underdogs, I should say. You know, they're not going to be, they're not, you know, they haven't been looked at as number one picks. They're looking at probably as second round picks, probably even third. But it's the ones that are going to be fourth round, maybe fifth round picks, some even sixth round that make it. Why? Because they're betting on themselves. And when you're coming in as a fifth round, sixth round, seventh round pick, pretty much it's all you got is bet on yourself. And so um, that's why it's funny because when you think about the terminology is when you get to those rounds, you notice that the commentators will say things like, well, this is where, uh, you know, you got to do your homework. Why? I mean, don't you do the same homework for first-round picks as you do for the fifth-round pick? Probably not. But at the end of the day, it's like the chances are greater for players to be in the bus between fifth, sixth, seventh-round picks. I don't believe it. I believe at the end of the day – no matter what round you go, especially in the fifth, sixth category, um, that's where you really want to put in work. Uh, because at the end of the day, what they're saying is that you wasn't good enough. And so to all the draft prospects, the ones that are going to be at the green room with their families, have a great time. But for those who are going to be sitting at home waiting for that phone call, and especially for those who won't get that call, just know that your work, your labor is not in vain. Push forward. Do whatever you have to do to keep that dream alive. And if you, you know, whatever you sign a free contract to go somewhere, guess what? You have an opportunity to take someone's job. That's if you want it bad enough. So this is your boy Jay Will with J&J Sports Nation. Talking about the draft and how these young men's lives are going to be changed. So at the end of the day, Keep focus. Know that each and every person that helped you get there to that moment is supporting you. So do those loved ones a favor. Never, ever, ever give up. Move forward. Make it happen. This is your boy Jay Wheel with G&J Sports Nation. I'm out. This is your boy Jay Will with JJ Sports Nation. My apologies. A huge, huge 
Huge apology to the University of Arizona Wildcat women's basketball team. They won the women's NIT. So congratulations to you guys, you gals. Congrats, congrats, congrats. Congratulations to you. I am so sorry. Didn't mean to leave you out. That wasn't the intended purpose or what I do. I celebrate both ends of the spectrum. So WNIT, uh, see, for the NIT, excuse me, the WNIT, the women of the Arizona Wildcats. Congratulations on your championship run. This is your boy, JJ Sports Nation. Your boy, Jay Will. Out.